Wednesday, everybody. Appreciate you guys tuning in to the Pure Tennis Podcast. The season has begun. I mean, it feels like that offseason was as short as ever. Can't wait to get back in the tennis now as um, we're back. Season's begun unless you're locked in a closet. Unless unless you're Novak Djokovic and you get the medical exemption and then you find out that you will be deported upon arrival by the Prime Minister of Australia. Deported into a closet. What what a start to 2022, guys. It's it's off on a a bang. Uh, Goran... Uh, is come out with a Instagram. He's like, yeah, this is probably the weirdest start to a, a year we've ever had. Yeah. Um, so hopefully for all tennis fans, we all want to see the best in the world participate and get on his quest at number play. 21. Yeah, I mean, come on. Let the guy let play. Let him play. Let him play. He had a medical exemption from somebody. <laughs> somebody gave him one. It's, yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, guys, appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to check us out on Tennis Point US on Instagram, Tennis Point on TikTok, all of our social media platforms. But, guys, you guys are going to enjoy this one. Will Harper was awesome. He was made for this. I mean, I met him this past fall. I was at the, watching them play against Xavier, NKU, and Uwe Pui. And, I mean, right away you could just tell how his teammates kind of rallied around him and kind of his, his on-court. Um, he's just got an aura around him. I don't, got I don't, the leader. I, I don't want to hype up Will Natural too much. leader. He, he is, man. He's just like a guy that his teammates want to rally around. And he was awesome on the podcast. Just a, a true natural. So you guys will love it. He gave some dark horse predictions. NCAA tournament predictions, just some under-the-radar guys that um, you guys will want to follow this college season. So a lot of fun talking to him. We look forward to bringing on new guests uh, every week. And, yeah, hopefully you guys will enjoy the ATP Cup action this week and uh, the, the action at Adelaide, Adelaide. And then we got the Australian Open coming up. So happy Wednesday to y'all, and look forward to getting back on here soon. Did you want to t- give him a heads-up on the audio? It's a little... Yeah. No, good point, good point. A little bit, you know... It took us a second to figure it gamey. out. We, we hadn't had a uh, a call-in yet, but we look forward to doing a lot more. We're figuring we're figuring it out here, and uh, luckily we have the best audio expert in the business, so... <laughs> Just give it give it uh, a minute as we, as we figure out the levels, because we don't want to cut any of Will's interview, because he's Not a real, brilliant speaker, and... Uh, it, if you give it a minute, it'll it'll clean up and it sounds great for the rest of the for, for the rest of the talk. Yes, yes. Morning, Mr. Walra. My man, Will. What's going on, dude? Oh man, nothing much. Just uh, sorry, I'm catching my breath a little bit. We just just got off the sled pushes on the turf. Um, coach, just, I, coach loves to hear that. Yeah, man. Just you know, absolutely living the dream. Came came back a little bit early. Just wanted to. You know, get get my get my head out of my you know what, and uh, just uh, get ready, get geared up for uh, for season number five here. So yes, life sir, is sir. life is good. No, yeah. appreciate you uh, coming on the Pure Tennis podcast and joining us. I wanted to after getting to to know the Dayton Flyers, I was like, we got to get one of these guys on here. And you just, I, I was like, once you got off the court, we started we started shooting it a little bit. I was like, this dude was made for podcasting right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but. You're a fifth year, my man. Uh, how's it feel to be a fifth year? And if, that, if there's any positives from this whole pandemic thing, it had to be that you get another year of college tennis. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. First and foremost, I mean, that's, you know, what I always say to people when, you know, they ask, uh, you know, kind of how things are going with tennis. You know, it's like with COVID, you know, it took a lot of things away from, from a lot of people and, you know, especially, you know, myself included. Um, you know, it did find the kindness and it's hard to give me at least a little something uh, for my troubles. So, um, that you know came in the form of a of a victory lap. So it, it's awesome. I mean, you know, just uh, obviously, you know, with the uh, just the experience that I've um, I've gained over the years. I mean, I've had a lot of great teammates around me that I've had the privilege of 
of just spending time with and learning from. And um, so I feel like, you know, I've, you know, I'm kind of a good combination of a lot of those guys, uh, you know, that I've spent time with over the years. And, you know, that enables me to be a, hopefully a good leader, you know, for the next, you know, crop of young guys, um, you know, like we have on, on this year's squad, you know, just trying to, uh, you know, guide them in any way that I can. And, uh, you know, just keep bringing that passion and energy before, uh, before it's all said and done in, you know, May or June, um, you know, when I'm at that point considered, uh, washed up. So until then we're, we're doing, we're doing our best to, uh, to, you know, impersonate a, uh, a serious tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you definitely got the game to back it up. Um, I got to get out there and watch you guys play that Invitational with uh, it was um, Ui, was it Ui Pui, Xavier, and uh, who else? Who was it out there? Uh, Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky. Um, no, it was evident that you guys had good chemistry amongst the uh, Dave Flyers squad. You guys were all supporting each other, and it was a fun team to be around and kind of get to know a little bit. I think like talking to players and coaches, I feel like often people that are in your position they kind of peak at like sophomore year and then they try to maintain um, their, like their current level of play. But with you looking at your numbers and looking at like just talking to you and kind of hearing your mental, like how, how fresh you feel mentally you and your numbers uh, reflect it. You, you become a better player through the years. How do you feel like you've been able to improve your game in, at the college level, which I, I don't think is the easiest thing to do? Yeah. I mean, that's a good, that's a good question. I mean, obviously um, I mean, having, you know, a lot of great players around me. Like, I mean, my freshman year, freshman and sophomore year, I had a, a guy by the name of Jordan Benjamin, um, you know, who had a, had a ranking. He played in the NCAA tournament. Um, so, you know, guys like him, you know, are just extremely valuable to have, not only, you know, to contribute points, you know, in dual matches, but also just to, just to see how he trains and see how he carries himself. And um, so, I, you know, I try to take bits and pieces, you know, from guys like that and, and mm -hmm. do my best imitation. I mean, I think, uh, you know, what I've, you know, always tried to do, um, and I mean, this is really kind of in my mentality since I was, since I was young was, uh, I mean, it sounds a little cliche, but, you know, I always wanted to get, you know, at least 1% better when I, when I get out there, whether it's, you know, in the weight room, uh, on the court, you know, off the court, you know, I, I, you know, I'm kind of a tennis nerd, you know, I watch, I watch a lot of like YouTube, uh, tennis highlights and, try to pick up on you know not just like flashy shots and things like that you know i'm i like to you know study certain players like i, I watch a lot of uh patrick rafter and um obviously like Djokovic, and so i'm trying to just you know adapt pieces from from you know guys like that and and uh you know always have something fresh i mean i think you know one thing that i've been uh been blessed with is just an ability to uh kind of always bring something different you know depending on my my matchup and uh you know it's i feel like i can adapt pretty quickly you know based on you know the situation at hand and and to kind of try to exploit you know weaknesses um across the net you know it, pretty effectively you, and so you're, and stubborn. That, you're stubborn on that baseline you're hard to bump off the baseline very much As you, you, you play up tight you put a lot of pressure on the guys with, from from what i saw at the uh, invitational yeah no i mean I, yeah i just like to uh you know, I've never been, you know, a big hitter and, you know, I'm not necessarily going to, you know, hit anyone off the court and serve anyone, you know, aces left and right. But, uh, you know, I just, I like to, uh, you know, take time away and, uh, obviously give, give people little space to hit to. And, um, 
and you know that that pressure you know can mount you know over the course of uh you know two or three sets so um you know that's just kind of my approach and in, into each batch and then kind of you know once i get into it you know midway through the first set you know i like to kind of have a, a more customized approach you know based on you know the kind of style that that i'm facing uh, across the net no, it's, it's very interesting. I think I, that was I got to kind of see that firsthand, which was cool to watch you kind of problem solve and find what what type of uh, pattern you wanted to get into to win the exchanges from the baseline. Um, but I think going back to what you said earlier was the one percent better each day, which I mean, what people may hear that before, but is that part of the mind? Is that mindset kind of what allows you to stay mentally fresh and kind of look forward to every day going to the practice courts or kind of playing these these uh, fall matches? Yeah, definitely. I mean. Um, you know, and I, I even, uh, I have a little, uh, like self-reflection journal that I keep in my phone, like in my little notes thing. Um, and so, you know, periodically I'll just go in there and, and I'll write to myself. I think I've been doing that for the last, I think I started that the end of my freshman year. Um, you know, just, it's just kind of a way to, you know, put my goals, you know, pen to paper, or I guess, you know, thumbs to a keyboard, but you know, same, same premise, but, uh, just, uh, you know, putting putting my thoughts out there, you know, where I can, you know, go back and, and read them and reflect on those. Um, you know, that, that kind of just keeps me keeps me motivated and, and you know, and enables me, like you said, to kind of have that, you know, fresh mindset, uh, you know, whenever I get out there. And, um, you know, that's one thing that I try to, you know, emphasize, you know, with my with my current teammates, you know, especially, you know, these younger guys who are extremely talented and, and hardworking. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, young guys, uh, you know, can get, you know, lose sight a little bit of, of the big picture and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, kind of have more like near term uh, outcome goals. But, you know, so that's, I try to, uh, you know, emphasize, obviously, that's very important. Um, but then also, you know, you want to set yourself up for, for success, you know, three, four months, you know, six months, nine months, whatever it is down the road. Um, you know, so that once, you know, when you get to, when you get off summer break and, and show up on campus, you know, in, in, you know, late, late summer, early fall, you, uh, you can kind of start to you know, craft your approach as to, you know, how you're going to put yourself in a, in a good position to exceed, you know, come huh? April, you know, conference season. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, just one of those things that, that I started and I thought, you know, I mean, a lot of people talk about how, you know, writing to themselves has been, you know, a very, uh, a very powerful you know learning mechanism and enables you to just to keep your mind you know keep your mind in the in the right state and so i you know i tried it and results started to you know improve gradually and so i thought hey you know we'll keep it going and then you know now it's just kind of a kind of a um you know muscle memory at this point so um you know that's just kind of how i am able to uh stay mentally fresh you know even even in this fifth year i feel like you know the old guy out there but try to try to do my best to guy, come up to come up with new tricks yeah and spe you, speaking of kind of putting the work in before you get on out on the court you've taken a uh, a liking to the culinary arts out here chefing it up for the uh <laughs> for the gram on the weekly i think you inspired me to do more self-cooking and, and stopping chick-fil-a every dinner uh, with, with, with kind of what you're showing on there, is that is that a new hobby you picked up, and or have you always kind of been interested in uh, food prep and kind of looking out for what for what goes in your body? 
Yeah, that was that was kind of one of those things. Um, what actually started with uh, with grilling. So when I moved into my house, are the kids I, moved I, I, you? Are, they, are the kids just like showing up to your dorm room or to your house and just like expecting Will to to, to whip up something? Yeah, I mean that's pretty much. Yeah, I mean my uh, my senior year, I moved into a to a new house with um, a couple of my teammates and. Uh, this grill that we had in the backyard was like super beat up and it didn't even work. And so my parents and I uh, went in on one to my birthday. I think it was like my 21st, 22nd birthday. And, uh, you know, just something, you know, very simple and uh, started, you know, making burgers and, and brats. And, you know, I was like, this is kind of fun. And, um, you know, started having people over for cookouts and really just kind of started to, uh, I don't know, you, when you, when you, you know, create something from scratch and, you know, you can call it your own. It just, it, I don't know, it gives you a great deal of satisfaction. And I always like to, you know, give that, that, that chef's kiss at the end. So that's kind of how it started with, with, you know, making my own food over time. Um, you got to be the best probably, chef on UD's campus now. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, cut out. Um, no, so going, going back, I wanted to – I had a few questions. I, I want to talk about college tennis in general and, like, the format that I think is a, a place where tennis thrives the most. How would you compare junior tennis, like, being on the junior circuit, uh, you're from Georgia, compared to what you've experienced in the A-10 conference at Dayton? Yeah, I mean, um, in some ways it's similar. Something, you know, obviously, you know, other ways, you know, there's – Junior tennis can't really prepare you for the for the full extent, you know, for lack of a better word, the full wrath of of college tennis. I mean, obviously, you know, I was I was fortunate to to grow up in a in an academy. You know, I was at uh, the the Lifetime Tennis Crew. You know, it was kind of like a Windward Tennis Academy. Shout out Windward and and Lifetime Tennis. Um, if you guys are listening out there, shout out to you guys. And uh, so I just had a a big group of of guys, you know, who were you know same age as me. Um, you know, around the same ability. And so, you know, we were all going to tournaments together and, and pushing each other and more often than not running into each other, you know, in the later rounds of tournaments. So, um, you know, I, in a way that felt, you know, kind of like a team, you know, but obviously my my individual results, you know, were really the only things that counted. And then you, you come to college and obviously, you know, that mentality needs to change completely. It, you know, obviously one point is one point. You can go undefeated the whole year but if you know if you're not doing what you need to be doing to help you know the rest of your team you know you, you'll lose you know six one or four one every single match and so um it's uh you know nothing really could have prepared me you know for for what i you know i've seen obviously not only in a10 but i mean in, in other you know big rivalry matches you know like against xavier and uh you know, Wright State before, you know, they were unfortunately uh, cut in, like, Northern Kentucky, you know, IUPUI. Um, you know, those those matches, you know, they always mean something. And, uh, you know, the, and it's more just about, you know, forehands and backhands and, and the guy across the net from you. I mean, it, you, you kind of have to, you know, shift your, your total approach. So, I mean, for example, uh, I mean, you could ask just about anybody that I played against growing up. Um, you know, I was uh, – I was very uh, stoic, I would say, when I was in junior tennis. You know, I would never get excited. I would never get frustrated. It was just like you, I wouldn't say a word, you know, the entire match and, and just play. 
but you come to school and, uh, you know, that's all good and well, and you can, you know, still be fairly successful as an individual, but if you're not, you know, bringing energy and, and, and vocalizing, you know, your successes and, um, you know, letting your teammates around you, you know, hear you and that you're, you know, hey, things are going well and you need to, you know, the guy, the guy next to you is down five, two, you know, he might need a little bit of a jump start to, to get things going again. And if I get up five, two, you know, I, I want to let the guy next to me know that, um, you know, I'm not going to say, Oh, I'm up five, two, but you know, I'm going to, you know, get in yep. space and, and, you know, let him know that, that I'm with him and, uh, you know, that, that we're not, you know, out of this fight. So it's, uh, it's a whole different approach. I mean, a lot of people, you know, view it differently. And, uh, you know, I always view myself as, you know, I'm in the position to, uh, you know, be one of those guys that, that brings energy and, and passion and, and, you know, hopefully it has a domino effect and is, uh, you know, infectious, you know, to those around me. Um, no, I think, you're, I think your ability to lift players around you in college is what stands out to me is why I love college tennis so much. And it was, I think you, the Dayton team in general embraces that aspect of it. I mean, I saw, the, the guys cheering you on and then I mean they were all like rallying you around around you and kind of hyping you up and then you, you return the favor when they hit the court and I think that's that's what kind of builds team camaraderie in college and I think that's what makes college uh, just a great like I just think that's why we need to see more of this at the ATP tour level is I, I really do think it brings out the best in these guys yeah no I mean it's you know one of those things where like uh you know you kind of reference ATP tour there I mean um what comes to mind there is like the, that uh, ATP Cup that they have, you know, at the beginning of the year. I think it's actually about to get get started in in Australia. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I wish they I wish they did more of that. Um, to be quite honest, I mean, it's you know, like you said, I think the team atmosphere and and just knowing that more people are counting on you than than you know just yourself and you know your you know your results you know count for count for something greater than yourself and and that's something that brings out the best in in just about anybody. Um, you know, you even see, you know, doesn't doesn't matter if you're the the best singles player in the world, you know, like Novak. I mean, um, you know, you got people that are counting on you. Uh, you know, it's just gonna you're gonna find, you know, that that second win, that fifth gear, um, and just dig a little bit deeper. Um, you know, whereas you know on the individual court, you you might not be able to find that as easily. Mm-hmm. I think you see that with guys like I mean, I mean, obviously, obviously Kyrgios is the one that stands out the most is how well he's done in these team events and how much he kind of looks forward to having that uh, kind of guys in his corner that he can kind of get some banter with in between changeovers and uh, even during games and stuff. And he, he needs that energy on the sideline that he can kind of uh, release some of his, uh, his his emotions on. And, I mean, sometimes the fans provide that, but you can't rely on that all the time. But I think it's a very interesting thing to talk about. So I think, um, like you said, I think more team events at the ATP Tour would be great for tennis and a lot easier for fans to kind of latch on to that are more casual fans because it's it's hard to kind of follow um all these tournaments from the 250 level I mean, to the challenger level to 250 500 to the thousands it's, it can be hard to kind of keep um up to date with everything that's going on so more of those team events where i think if you can somehow i thought the grossman on crack brackets about this is like if there could be a draft with like free agency and trades and stuff and you can kind of create some of that off-court drama that we see in the nba and other professional leagues I think tennis is like perfect for that because it's more, I mean, it's, it's so one V one, but when you can make it a team atmosphere, you kind of add that team atmosphere and kind of add that team aspect into it and like have the top players be the GMs or whatever, like you see like LeBron doing the NBA, I think that could uh, add an interesting dynamic to the sport. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just, like you said, I mean, it creates an atmosphere like no other. Um, and, you know, so I, I think, uh, 
you know, those in those in power, uh, you know, in regards to, uh, you know, tennis scheduling and things like that, um, you know, and event execution, I think they're, you know, they're doing the world a disservice, you know, by uh, not having more of these, uh, of these, these team environments. Oh. I think, uh, is a, is a, you know, great example. What, one thing I wanted to talk about that, that's that's new to you in your fifth year is the uh, NIL stuff. Is it's, it's it's now illegal for the guys to make to make profit off their name, image, and likeness. And I was curious if in your first year of this, have you seen any of your teammates or other student athletes start to take advantage of this? And what 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 have they done that you that's kind of caught your attention? Yeah, um, I mean on that front, I mean well for me personally, you know, I, I unfortunately I, I think it just kind of came. Uh, a little too little too late um you know it's like in my in my last season you know i you know had just a lot of other things going on and so i you know just didn't really feel like i needed to uh channel too much energy into to trying to get you know a free uh-huh. t-shirt here and there but um you know i had <laughs> but i but i had some uh some teammates you know go for for bar stool and uh you know like liquid iv little things like that um as far as like you know bigger uh you know endorsement deals um i haven't seen too much of that at least at, at you know the kind of the mid-major level um yep. i think just because it's still kind of new and fresh and i you know like in uh ud we still got you know all kinds of uh nil like information sessions that were you know required to attend and so it's still something that a lot of people are uh still tr- you know kind of trying to wrap their heads around and there's a there's a pretty steep learning curve to it um and you know there's obviously a lot of do's and don'ts of that that, that come with that so um yeah i, I mean I, I can't really speak a whole lot to that at this point i think you know in the next probably 12 months or so you're going to see a whole lot more um but if you, so to go back if you what if you're talking to, to wills and uh you're a junior in high school now and you're trying to talk to your younger self would you would you kind of give any ideas to the the juniors that are coming up that want to play college tennis as to things that they like? What would like going back if you could start over? Would there would there be anything that you would even look into doing, like off the top of your head? Uh, is this like you know is this in regard to nil? Yeah. It, like what, what, like would you be would you be more active on social? Would you? Um, oh yeah. Start, I mean absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean yeah. It's that's that's a no brainer. I mean, um. You know, the more the more interaction, the more engagement that you can generate. I mean, it's that's just you know, that's it's a no-brainer for for big companies, big advertisers, you know, to want to partner with that. Um, yeah. so, I mean, if you so if you're a youngster, I mean, obviously, you know, you got to be extremely mindful of of what you put out there, and you got to make sure that you know that the brand that you're trying to create and and you know represent for yourself is obviously you know representing yourself in in the best way possible. Um, uh-huh. you know, because, you know, that's, and that's not only, um, you know, for your sake in regards to NIL, but it's, you know, it's for your own good, you know, with, in terms of college programs. I mean, you know, a, a school is going to, obviously is going to be all for, you know, bringing in a guy who, um, you know, has a wide, you know, social following that can, you know, represent the school well and, mm-hmm. and, you know, not only him himself and his family, you know, but the program as a whole, um, so, I mean, that, that I think is uh, probably the most important thing um, that for these youngsters are, I mean, you know, obviously social media is, uh, I mean, it, you know, dominates a lot of our lives, you know, to some, to some extent. And it's kind uh, of scary, a little scary. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you're, and if you, is, you know, if you can at least, you know, use those, 
those minutes or even hours, you know, that you spend a day on, on socials, if you can, you know, spend that time just, you know, cultivating a, uh, a positive brand image for yourself, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to put yourself in a, in a great spot to succeed, not only from a, you know, a monetary, um, you know, NIL standpoint, but also just in terms of uh, opportunities that you can have, you know, within collegiate tennis and then obviously beyond that as well. Um, you know, whether you want to, you know, kind of pursue tennis, you know, beyond college or if you want to obviously get a good job, you know, th those things are, you know, can all can all come back, um, you know, to, to full circle, you know, in regard to social sure. and, and it, it can also come back to bite you if you're not careful. So. No, well said. I'm right on that. But I'm trying to talk to, to Ron at getting some more content out there. I'm like, dude, you might as well start filming. And so I, we're, we're trying to get get him out there a little bit. And he's starting to, he's starting to, he's like, he's, he's all about me getting him some doubles content, which the, the fans love. And that's that's my objective going into 2022 is to promote more doubles. Is I think just the pace and the, uh, just it's like, a, it's a new look that I don't think fans get, get a look at like quality doubles very often, especially on social. But there's definitely an audience out there for tennis fans um, that want to see this content. They want to see live play. And I'm hoping that in 2022, when we start traveling again and covering these um, ITA events and college dual matches, that we can we can start kind of giving them that perspective and uh, promoting these college athletes. Because I think it's the best place for tennis to kind of grow, in my opinion, in that format particularly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love, um, I mean, collegiate doubles. I mean, unfortunately, you know, you know, I'd say, you know, as far as singles goes, you know, I feel I feel a lot more comfortable out there, you know, more so than than on the doubles court. Um, you know, there's, you know, it, it's it's just a different it's a different style of tennis, and um, you arguably have your biggest win of your career in the in a doubles match, if I'm not mistaken. Which one? Unless I, I mean, didn't you beat Kentucky? Oh yeah, yeah, we did. Um, That's no big yeah, deal. I mean, yeah, my my buddy, my buddy Georgie uh, Mavradiev. Shout out Georgie if you're if you're listening to this. Shout out to you. He uh, he carried me pretty hard uh, for that <laughs> match and had a had a nice little win there. Um, Didn't he win an orange ball back in the day in doubles? Yeah, he's uh yeah he's he's a doubles absolute beast. I mean he's he's the he's the magician I like to call him. Um, you know, I, I thought I I had pretty decent hands, you know, around the net and and whatnot. But I mean, he takes that to to kind of a new level. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he was I was put with him uh, at the start of the year, and I was like, wow, this is, this is a huge honor. And and we had that that uh, that nice little win there, and then um, we had a couple more, you know, solid matches after that. And then I think we lost a couple in a row. And then my coach told me, he's like, well, you're out of there. So. <laughs> um, that was that was the last that I saw of the doubles court, and uh, I haven't been back. Haven't You're, been back since. <laughs> it might have been. It might have changed the uh, a swing in things because you did reel off like eight straight wins I saw last year. Um, so no, I, I think what you've been able to do is continually continuously improve your game uh, each year. I don't think that's. I think that's an underrated thing at the college level. A lot of these coaches they always say like, who I get out of the recruiting class is pretty much the player they're going to be going forward, but. I don't think that's always the case. And I think you're one of the uh, examples that I've seen um, up close that, that kind of proves that theory wrong. I wanted to uh, finish with some uh, quicker hitting questions um, that I had. First off, who's been your biggest influence in tennis um, in, in your career? I mean, definitely my dad. I mean, he's the one that, that put me, you know, on the tennis court when I was, she's probably like three, four years old, um, you know, just just screwing around a little bit, you know, just having fun. And, um, it wasn't until I was probably about, 
I don't know, 13 or 14 when I could finally beat him. Uh, you know, his body started to kind of catch up with him and, and I, you know, learned how to hit a kick serve. And so the rest was kind of history after that. But uh, we spent a lot of, we spent a lot of time together on the road. Um, you know, he always, you know, was keeping me, keeping me serious and, and intense, you know, focusing on the present. I mean, he never let me socialize with people and, uh, you know, like going out to dinners with other players. Like he wasn't about that. It was, you know, this is, you know, we're here to, to accomplish something and, he would have me, uh, this is how I got into, you know, studying tennis on YouTube was he was watching, he, was, he would, before every match, he would uh, make me sit in the, the car or the hotel room or whatever, and um, he would just, like, come up with some random tennis match. He's like, I want you to watch this, and then I would just, like, you know, it'd be, like, Wimbledon, uh, Djokovic versus Nadal, like, 2011, yep. like, whatever, you know, and he'd just be like, yep. watch this, and I'm like, yep. I'm just get, just get inspired, so... No, he was definitely definitely the the guy that always kept me uh, kept me locked in and and you know wanted helped me pursue that that ultimate goal of uh, getting to you know Division One tennis. That's sweet. No, that's awesome. Um, who go, since you mentioned it, what what's like your favorite classic throwback tennis match that you've seen? Oof, favorite classic. I would say um, it was Djokovic and Nadal. Australian Open, I think it was 2012, um, yep. when he beat him five in the fifth. Uh, that's probably my favorite. I mean, that's that was just like, I actually saw a video of that the other day. Like, came up on my Twitter. There was like five and a half hours in, and it was like a 32 shot rally, and they were just absolutely, you know, destroying the ball. I was just like, I mean, imagine, imagine being that good. You know, it's just like, <laughs> just crazy. So. You got to pick one. You got Novak, Roger, Rafa. Who, who are you the biggest fan of? I mean, Novak, Novak by a mile. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for Novak. He's the goat. And uh, if you if you say otherwise, then you're just lying to yourself. Those are fighting words in the tennis world, man. I know. I'm. I'm. I mean, if you, if you see my if you if you see my Twitter, you know, I I do not hold back in uh, in my thoughts on that. And you know, it, it's uh, cost me some uh, some friendships. No, I'm just kidding. Followers uh, on that one. Yeah, that, that, it's definitely cost me some followers. Um, yeah, so some some of my good buddies from back home have uh, decided that you know, their that my Twitter account is just not for them. So you know, and you can't please you can't please them all. You know, that's just kind of how it goes in this world. We brought Will Harper on the podcast to, to give the hot takes, and he's he's not here to make everybody happy. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if if you, if you want me to say you know what everyone wants to hear, I mean, then it'd be a pretty boring show, wouldn't it? So <laughs> next up, we got. Who is your national champion prediction? Uh, I'm I'm kind of torn between two. I got uh, Baylor Bears, shout out Cole Gromley, um, and uh, UGA Bulldogs, shout out Trent Bride and uh, Blake Croyder and Britton Johnston. I got some some good friends on on those teams that you know I grew up playing with, and uh, I I mean I rarely miss a match with Georgia on the live stream. Um, and now that and Cole Gromley transferred to uh to Baylor uh after you know being at Georgia Tech for a couple of years. So um as long as they've got live streams, I will probably not miss one of those matches either. Plug in the Peach State. We love it. Um give me a dark horse player or two that the the uh average fan has probably not watched or heard of yet that, that you've got your eyes on this year. For for college or ATP? Yeah. Oh give, give us give us one college and one ATP. I want one of those. Mm. College player that 
I mean, again, I mean, I got to say Cole Gromley. He, uh, he battled some injuries um, at, uh, at Georgia Tech. I mean, he, I think in one season he played like the entire year at one, um, had a pretty strong record there. Um, but again, you know, his body just, you know, kind of didn't really cooperate with him. And so he took a lot of time off and, um, you know, was super disciplined and, and, you know, found his passion, you know, for tennis again and, and got healthy. And now he's, uh, he's, he's been in the shadows for a while now. And so I don't think people are ready to, to see what he's um, capable of. I'm, pre- I'm predicting, I'm predicting he'll have a top 50 ranking, maybe even higher uh, this year. I think, I mean, he's, he's uh he's an absolute monster. Um, as far as, Pros go. Uh, Got to be outside the top fifty. Outside top fifty? Uh, no, it can be outside the top forty because there's one guy that I'm hoping you might say that's in the forties. But no, outside the top forty. Uh, oh, well, I might say. I mean, first guy that came to mind. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of them. I mean, a lot of people probably heard of him, but I think he, you know, his uh, breakthrough is kind of long overdue. I was gonna say Tommy Paul. Ooh, let's go. Uh, is that is that what you were thinking? 143 TP. Yeah, I know. That's what I was. I was like, I was like, Tommy Paul is definitely his top 50, but I don't think he's top 40. So no, no, I had to backtrack. Um, yeah, I uh, I was actually thinking about that last night. I was like, I think Nate's gonna ask me something about ATP players, and I needed to like refresh myself on the rankings. So I kind of scrolled through it quickly this morning. Um, but uh, yeah, TP. Uh, you know, obviously finished the year um, on. I know. I saw him play in the qualies at at Western Southern. Um, yep. and he tuned this guy first round. I think he put, I don't know who the guy he played, but, uh, beat him like two and two. And I was like, damn, this guy, this guy rips the ball. Um, so I, I, I think he was, I think he's been, been long overdue for breakthrough. And so he got that, he got that title at the end of, uh, Stockholm. At, the end of last, at the end of this year. Yeah. In Stockholm. Um, and so I think he'll just ride that momentum out. Now he's got that, you know, kind of that monkey off his back, if you will. And so I think, you know, he'll, he'll, ride some of that momentum uh hopefully into into the start of this year no i think i think you hit the nail on the head there that's a guy that i've been keeping my eye on he was a super hype junior coming out and he decided not to go to college which was interesting because i mean since then somebody asked him on like an ig live like what like what's one thing that you would do over or something like that and he was like if i were to go back i would play at least one year of college tennis so it's like i know he's he's uh close friends with a lot of these guys like Mackenzie mcdonald and um, probably Giron and JJ Wolf and stuff, the guys that have played college tennis. And I think the guys on tour kind of, they want that camaraderie and that um, kind of brotherhood that you get in college tennis. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, I, I love his coach. I think they're doing a lot of, I mean, Brad Stein, he was on the ATP podcast not too long ago and talking about how they're trying to take the slide out of Tommy Paul's game as much as they can to kind of get more stability from the baseline. I thought that was yeah. super interesting. And no, Tommy Paul's got so much potential. He's just, he's not the biggest guy on tour, but. He unleashes on the forehand, and he's he's so fun to watch. Um, yeah, he he actually was committed to uh to UGA. Fun fact: I don't know if, I don't know if people out there knew that. Uh, he and he and, he and Opelika actually they were they were both verbally committed to Georgia for about 20 minutes, and then they decided they were too good. So, <laughs> Will Harper dropping the Friday fun facts out there, guys. Yeah, you know, the guys, they, they flyers, man. They're gonna tune into these guys this year, guys, and they'll be uh fun on the show this spring. Um, last couple. First off, uh, what racket, string, and shoes are you wearing? On, are you repping on court right now? String, I'm I'm going with. Uh, I got Tourbite and shout out Solinko, and then I got um, shoes. Obviously, Adidas Barricade, and then uh, there you go. 
Um, I mean, as, as far as you know, apparel goes. I mean, only only Dayton Flyer, Nike. I mean, gotta gotta rep it. Um, yep. Stick stick of choice. The the head radical. Shout out Andy Murray. Nice. There you go. Shout out head radical is you got and you always got Taylor Fritz in there and Diego Schwartzman. So I use my uh, That's true. Orange is so. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They all got the orange ones. So that's that's, that's the cool. the weapon of choice. That's clean. Um, no, and, the, and the, how about Salinko, man? Hyper between Hyper G and Torbite, those guys are killing the college game. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was. Uh, I actually switched when I when I came to school. Um, as I used to be with, uh, I used to use Headstring, and then um, uh, my coach, shout out, uh, shout out Ryan Meyer. He was like, "Hey, you know, we got, um, you know, a deal with uh, Solinko, so I think it'd be in your best interest to to you know try it out and see if you like it." And went with uh, went with Torbite, and it just kind of never looked back. I'm I'm convinced once you get to college, like you have to use a Solinko string. I, that's it's it's unbelievable. Hyper, it's like. Every time I put up a TikTok of some college players, and they're like, "What string are they got, those guys using?" It's like if it looks lime green or whatever, or whatever color that is, yellow, it's definitely some hyper um, Yeah. I got two more for you. What? Who is Dayton's biggest rivalry right now? Biggest rivalry? Um, I mean, I would. I mean, I would. I'd probably be lying if I if I said it wasn't Xavier. I mean, um, you know, we we've been we've been fortunate, you know, to, to get the best of them over the last you know few years. Um, but, you know, before I arrived at Dayton, we, uh, we hadn't beaten them for a few years. So, I mean, you know, in history, historically speaking, you know, we're back and forth and they've got a, they got a really tough team this year. So, um, I think that'll, you know, be probably one of our biggest matches, uh, particularly outside of the conference. Um, Look, I, I was looking at the schedule. I couldn't find that on, the, on there yet. So you got to keep me on, updated with that one. Cause that's one I, I definitely want to be in attendance for. I think that's our first. Uh, I think that's our first home match. Um, I think I don't know the date off the top of my head. It's like end of January. Um, it's like it's pretty soon. So um, yeah, I can. I, I'll definitely shoot that to you because we would, would love to see you out there and catch some footage. And uh, I think it's going to be a war. Well, the, are the guys going to be cool with me if I if I were to like parole the back of the back of the baseline? Would that throw guys off? Um, I don't know. I, that's something I wanted to ask. Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these players are now comfortable with it. But uh, I was I was recording some junior tennis tournaments this past week, and it's like a few of the kids came up to me and they're like, "Man, did you get this thing?" He's like, "When you started, when I saw you filming, I got really nervous and I started tightening up." And it's like, it's funny. But if, if it does that, then I, it's probably it's probably a bad idea. But I think getting getting that content of a of a match like that to showcase to fans would be uh would be pretty ideal. I think a lot of I think a lot of the guys, you know, like to be on like to be on camera, like to be in the spotlight. So I, I don't think you can go go too wrong with. Uh, we know Will likes the spotlight footage. Yeah, I, well, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it a little bit. <laughs> Late January, I'll be I'll be there. Last question. I it might not even be a question after hearing your take, but who is your Australian Open prediction? Uh, I mean, well, hopefully Djokovic plays. I mean, who knows? You know where that's going to go. Obviously, with the whole. COVID thing, and I know he's like unvaxxed and all that, so it's you know it's a whole other debate. But if, uh, if everyone's there and everyone's healthy, I, I mean, gotta go with Novak. Uh, second pick, I mean, obviously probably gonna go with either Medvedev or Zverev. I mean, I know it's probably what a lot of people would say, but I mean, it's just those those three guys. I feel like in are, are in a league of their own. Who's who's the more dangerous player on the hardcore right now, Zverev or Medvedev? Heading into 2022. Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, you know, they both finish the years on, on such high note um you know obviously getting that first slam for Medvedev that's gonna you know 
you know, how to play. You know, the Grand Slams, obviously, you know, with a lot more freedom, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, on a given day, uh, on his Zverev's Vera's best level, I think is is, is better than uh, than Medvedev. That, that's a hot take. I, no, I I agree with that hot take for sure. Though I mean, it's just like now that he has a little more confidence in the forehand down the line, which is a shot that he hasn't really pulled the trigger on with much regularity. That's that's a problem because his backhand is world world class. From I mean, he can play defense with it. He can he can attack on it. He gets out of the corners as well as anybody, and then the 135 serve. I mean, Zverev's athleticism, his talent, is uh, it, it's up there with the, the best, the, the top three, to be honest, in my opinion. I just mentally, he's he's obviously not not that level, but as far as having the goods physically, I think Zverev is as kind of a player as, as we've seen. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, he's a uh, he's a man. So we'll we will see. You know, I think he he'll have a good shot at either uh, the Aussie or uh, or the U.S. this year. But, uh, you know, time will tell. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate you joining the podcast today. I know you got bigger and better things to get on with with the uh, big season coming up. Any final takes or uh, plugs that, that you want to drop before we, we conclude this thing? Uh, you know, nothing really comes to mind. I mean, I, again, I would just say, you know, shout out to the Baylor Bears and, and the Georgia Bulldogs. Also, Georgia Bulldogs uh, today against Michigan at – I think that's the night game at 7:30. And uh, shout out uh, UC Bearcats. Uh, there you go. That, that made a bunch of local Cincinnati people happy there to hear that. Do you think do you think the Bearcats have a chance? Uh, I do. You know, I mean, I think they're very well coached. Uh, they've got you know they got nothing to lose. So you know, you know why not why not just play fearlessly and see what happens. 13 and a half point underdogs. I, I might have to hop on that, but. Uh, no, well, it was awesome to have you on. I was looking forward to this one, and uh, you, you delivered it at a high level. I appreciate it, Nate. Yeah, let me know if uh, if I can do anything for you, and, and hopefully I'll I'll see you. That was great, guys. Thank you.